0: Good. What do you think? Hi there. My name is Michelle Christine, and this is a new podcast called Champions of Festival. And my podcast co host is
1: Joshua Lissie. And uh, I know that you are a veteran yourself in the world of fringes and performance as being a comedian and an artist.
0: And you've had about 10 years of experience in event planning and together we have decided to create this year in august 2019 a champions of festival venue for the fringe festival in edinburgh and edinburgh scotland has the largest fringe festival in the world which is pretty cool and a lot of people ask me like what is a fringe festival so josh maybe you can let people know
1: well it's an opportunity for performers from around the world to come into Edinburgh and perform every single day for nearly a month it's non-stop performing the same um, play or comic act or whatever performance it is it could be musically based as well um, and then just improve that because you're gonna get audiences in the streets that are filled with people that have come all around the world as well to see people perform
0: And I would say that the population of Edinburgh doubles in size during the Fringe Festival. I had actually only been to Edinburgh during the Fringe Festival as an adult. I came here a couple times when I was about 10 or 11 with my mom and family because my mom's actually born in Edinburgh, Scotland and it transforms the city. Streets are shut down. It's sponsored by Virgin. So there's huge kind of billboards everywhere. And you can do the same show every day. Um, there's also variety shows. There's also improv shows that do change as well. And it's just kind of this, this hub where back in the day, it started in 1947, there was a, an Edinburgh festival that was a bit posh. So maybe more classical music, that sort of thing, high-end plays. And some artists and comedians felt like they were being excluded from being welcomed into this festival. So in 1947, they created this fringe. So the fringes of society to be able to do these shows for for free or for very cheap so they'd be very accessible to the public. And it just celebrated its 70th year in uh, 2017, which is pretty incredible. So it's been going around for a long time. And one thing that Josh and I noticed having met at the Fringe Festival this year was like, what was a the recurring theme a lot of artists were, were telling us about?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, you come as a performer and there's a lot of things, a lot of ducks you got to get in line, but you don't necessarily know whether these are the best ducks. And a lot of performers feel still that they fall under this big myth that you as a solo artist coming to perform have to lose a lot of money at the fringe and if you do it the right way if you do get the right ducks in the line then it doesn't have to be the case Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much what we want to share with people through this podcast
0: and seeing as this is kind of our, our introduction podcast I will say that my first fringe was in Edinburgh in 2016 and I did fall into that I came here and I lost definitely a few thousand pounds because i was very green and i didn't really know what to expect from a fringe festival i just saw an ad for a venue i cold called the venue and i said hey i'm you know michelle christine and i have this show and this is what i want to do and the woman said yes okay your venue is going to be x amount of dollars for a 40 seater at 10 to 10, right? 9.50 to 10.50. And I didn't even think about negotiating the price. I didn't really think about its location. I didn't think about a lot of things. I was just like, oh my God, I got accepted to the Edinburgh Fringe. And I just converted my money to pounds and kind of arrived in Edinburgh and didn't really know exactly what the best things were to do. Uh, And so I thought, well, I've, I've learned so much from doing 10 Fringe festivals now that there's a lot I can just share in order to kind of tell people, well, this is how you can actually as a solo artist, make money when you come to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and not just bleed it.
1: But you do have to obviously have a great show, and you do have to get yourself out there and flyer, and be a presence on the street, you know, stand out in the marketplace. It does help to have a good name that ranks well, because it's uh, run by alphabetical order in the listings, that's very important. And um, I think it's really important that you find the right venue.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think location is probably the most important thing, like location, then it's uh, what time your show is at, and then marketing. Those are the three kind of, I was gonna say triangles, points but I don't know if that really makes sense. (laughs) The trifecta of festival success. Yeah the trifecta of festival success are are the three important things and after my first year uh, there was a lot that that I learned from that experience and one of them is as simple as um, when you're going to get your flyers printed in Edinburgh what is the cheapest way you can do that for a large volume and i found personally that vistaprint they're not sponsoring this in any way shape or form but if you order about a month in advance you can print off five or ten thousand flyers very very cheaply and if you print off a bulk thing before and have them ready um it'll stop you from say running out halfway through and then having to pay you know a local print shop to do it uh, really quickly for you Uh, so that's just one one simple little tip it's pre plan as much as you can when it comes to ordering things in bulk
1: and the more the more you buy the better so if you've got other friends that are performing um they probably want to do the same because if they want to have a successful show themselves so good get, get in on them and the more that you can uh, bulk together the the greater the discounts going to be how many would you say for someone who wants to be have a successful show at the fringe how many leaflets do you think is is the kind of uh, ballpark number they should be aimed for.
0: Well, I I did 10,000 flyers my first few years, um, and that's what I always do when I'm doing a full run, about 25 shows, 28 shows, depending on where I'm at. So that would be the the number one kind of thing I would do as a as a first step is get your poster designed for your show, like we were saying before, with a, a name that hopefully can appear higher up in the alphabetical list. You know, if you want to have your show be called Zoo Zanders Zoology, Zay, um, that's just gonna not rank very high you're gonna ha- you're gonna be shooting yourself in the foot a little bit why not make it alphas adventure of zoo or something I don't know but yeah just just simple little tweaks like that can actually really help you when it comes to people searching through through the the manual and or online and then get something colorful and eye-catching Branding is very important. So I would always dress up like a Mountie. I was always at the same place on the Royal Mile handing out flyers. So people just the repetition of seeing me hour after hour after hour. And I literally would flyer sometimes for seven or eight hours a day for my first few festivals because I just knew I needed to kind of make an impact um, on the streets.
1: So so you've been to a number of fringes around the world mm-hmm. and is this one your favorite?
0: I would say Edinburgh is my favorite. It's the largest and it's also the the show or the fringe that you can expect the greatest number of audience um, uh, as per flyering time. So if you go to say like Los Angeles, I lived there for a little bit, I did a fringe festival, the Hollywood Fringe Festival, and I had my flyers and I would hand out, you know, my pamphlets, but the foot traffic in LA was very poor. It's a very car city. Also, the location of mine was outside of like downtown Hollywood cuz they were so expensive in Hollywood, but even still, the the foot traffic was just bad. But in Edinburgh, the foot traffic is so massive cuz it's such a small compact city that I found like hours invested in flyering for attendance coming to my show was the highest so you do get the most uh, kind of bang for your buck when it comes to hard work to uh audience coming to your show ratio so that's why i like edinburgh
1: so i think you know we've really kind of hit up the exciting creativity based activities that you will do for your event uh and you know there's some hard hours on the road as well uh up and down flyering but we really got in, get into the dark stuff I feel around what you did on your first phone call which is phoning up and just select, picking out your venue and I think a lot of people this is where the fringe really comes to reality but I mean what are, when we talk about locations what are the best streets or the best kind of locations to be nearby like you know for someone coming that hasn't been before. Well,
0: the Royal Mile is pretty much the hub. So it's the street that's shut down and it's where all kind of the big kind of overarching banners are for the Fringe Festival. There's a fringe shop as well. It leads up to the castle in one direction and to the palace in the other direction. So anywhere that branches off of the Royal Mile is going to be your ideal location. So um, if you kind of take a map, if you look over the city of Edinburgh and you kind of zone out the the royal mile you just kind of want to make a circle around that street and then you want to be inside that area
1: excellent and then as a single artist say say as a comedian like yourself what kind of budget should i really be expecting towards the the venue um in terms of setting that up uh, and then maybe with the marketing costs as well like i guess in all in, in all kind of like expenses what might i be expecting outside of accommodation costs
0: yeah, outside of accommodation costs it would probably cost you about i don't know between three thousand and four thousand pounds if you want to include flights in there like just hard costs of venue flyers poster design and uh, maybe like a costume is going to be around the three thousand pound mark i would say
1: right so you know this is a bit startling because a lot of artists that we we got to rub shoulders with last year just gone um they were spending upwards of 10 and above and I know that you've had some uh, phone calls with people that can't come back as a result
0: yeah so it depends on the venue if you're if you're with a venue that it costs minimum 5,000 pounds to put on your show there, already you're going to really struggle to be able to break even. For me, I'm very um, frugal and I try to be as resourceful as I can. So for me, accommodation I haven't had to pay for in my first three years of doing a Fringe Festival, which is really great. So Mm. I just used networking. I use kind of forums of people living in Edinburgh. There's Edinburgh Fringe facebook groups and that sort of thing and just reach out to people mm. do you have any family that live in scotland mm. do you know anybody that's a friend that might have a friend that lives in edinburgh mm. and can you sleep on their couch can you i <laughs> one year slept on a guy's floor in his kitchen oh, cool. for two weeks yeah for two weeks he put a nice little kind of um like a, a rollout kind of duvet type thing and try to keep it as comfortable as possible but accommodation is going to be the number one thing that's a a killer in terms of cost so if you can find a way to make that zero or as close to zero as possible that's really going to make a huge difference in being able to come back
1: well i really want to highlight the point that there's a lot of established uh brands um in the fringe and uh a couple of them are great but some of them aren't and some of them are using their brand and they it's almost like latent suggestibility that because you're paying more for them for the same sort of uh, venue, same location and maybe even like a worse condition venue um, but because you're with other stars or because you're associated with what they offer um, in terms of um, scouting or getting a reviews and that's actually something you'd pay beyond what's, what they have as a venue cost. When you pay the venue cost, it's just literally for the door and that hour that you have in that room. So don't get swayed by the fact that that brand uh, has good associations, is putting on a big party and it's going to promise you a lot of things. Ask, oh, OK, you know, I really ask yourself first and foremost, what do I want from the fringe? If you want a touring agent, OK. And if they're going to promise that to you, get that in writing, you know, because that's actually what I found out from uh, from people is they thought they were getting all these things from a good, well-branded um, venue, but that was all extra. It would cost more.
0: Well, I think it's just if you're new to the fringe and you want to just put on a good show and have a good show, it's probably best to steer clear of venues that are very, very expensive because there's some famous people that are putting on a show there because those famous people can sell out those rooms that are 150 or 300 capacity. They might have an agency that's helping pay for the venue. They might be with an organization that got sponsorship to put them in that venue. So a lot of times those heavy hitter artists are not actually paying the full cost. They might have got a deal because they're a name and the venue wanted them and those costs are then being on the burden of the other people. If you're having a venue that has 150 seats and you've never been to a Fringe Festival before, they, they're not guaranteeing selling any of your tickets for you so it's it makes a lot more sense if you're coming to the fringe festival for the first time with the show that you're testing out and working on to find a venue that has a smaller capacity still within the good quality you know location zone and that's cheaper because well, you're well, never going to come back if you if you lose 10,000 or 15,000 pounds
1: what would be a good uh, starting seat capacity for someone coming in new then
0: i did like a 40 seater where if mm. it got to 50 they could put 10 pillows um, on the floor in the front row so a nice little black box theater style i think is great for someone doing their first fringe festival now i went from 40 50 capacity to my next year being 120 capacity but that was actually a fluke because i was told it was actually only going to be a 60 to 80 capacity and it turned. Out they put 120 chairs in. So at first I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is insane!" I street hustled for eight hours like a maniac, and I had a bit of momentum from my first year of touring my fringes uh, or my show at different fringe festivals. So I had more experience by then, so I was able to to uh, you know step up into a gear. Maybe I didn't know that I had, but I think if it's your first ever fringe festival, you wanna you wanna set yourself up for success, and it's always better to have a room that's kind of Over capacity, and you turn a few people away than having a room that's a third capacity, and it seems like a hollow kind of hole, if you will.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's not the easiest thing, but you really have to wake up as a performer that you are effectively self employed, and it doesn't matter who's performing next to you, or beside you, before you, or after you. People are going to decide on your merit, how good you are, and if you're good enough. People will come. Things will come to you. I know very, very many uh, people that have had success that have said that you know it, it's down to, to to their work, not necessarily their networking or the people they knew or, they were, or the people that were shooting up beside them. You know, yeah. it came down to what they produced.
0: Definitely, because if you don't have a good show, word of mouth is not going to exist. And word of mouth is huge. Uh, People will tweet you, they'll find your Twitter handle, put that on your flyer, your social media, and I would share that. Oh, you know, this was a great show, or this was the best show I've seen so far, or, you know, one to watch, whatever. And then you can retweet those. People will tag you on Facebook, people will find you on Instagram. So word of mouth is really huge.
1: Especially in Edinburgh.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And that's why, like, it's kind of fun when you're handing out flyers, And then uh, someone walk by the next day and say, oh, I recommended my show uh, or your show to my friend who's here. Or I recommended uh, your show to um, the people that are staying at my hotel. I actually work as a general manager. So you never know who's going to be at your show. And when your show is good and starts building momentum, it's like those people's network that they start telling because they want to support you.
1: That's that's a top tip, actually, that we look to share with artists that we run into. And that's... Um, any staff member anyone that that talks to the general public you know invite them for free to come to your thing because they're going to be seeing people just like you on the street they're going to be serving like a, a drinks to them if they work in the bar they're going to be serving them with the you know if they're taking their coats and they're going to say oh this was my favorite one people are going to ask oh we're just in town for the weekend do you recommend a show and if they enjoyed your show they will recommend you
0: most definitely most definitely so yeah those are like a few a few tips and then when you kind of um have have selected uh, your venue um it's never a bad thing to say you know if they're like oh yeah we we want you to have your show can you do it you know at this time and you feel like that's not a time that's going to work for you whether it be your sleep schedule isn't good or maybe your show is a bit more serious and you don't want maybe a lot of drunk people to be there if they're saying hey do you want to do it at 11 p.m. and your show is better off as a matinee well just make sure they say oh you know what 11 p.m. doesn't work that well for me what about a matinee and you'd be surprised oh yeah actually in this room we have a matinee available but you wouldn't know that unless you ask so I think asking for what you want specifically um, and if they offer you something that you don't think will work to say well what about this I think it would be really important because it's very easy um, as an artist and it's your first time to just accept whatever's offered to you and not realize well actually maybe there's a better a better time or a better price or a better room and just putting it out there
1: So on that note, if you want to tweet us, it's Champions of Festival, and uh, this has been very enjoyable. I think um, we're going to be sharing a lot more of these things, and uh, I trust it's been of value for our listeners.
0: Yeah, we just wanted a a little kind of intro into us and the Fringe, and we'll come up with more topics as we go on. So yeah, if there's anything that you want to specifically ask us, feel free to tweet us at Champions of Festival, and uh, we'll maybe answer some of your questions as we go along.